Hey, how are you? It's Saturday and it's been so sunny and lovely and really quiet. What did I do? Oh, last night I um, put my deposit on my place that I'm staying. Um, I'm going to Manhattan later this year. Well, New York. Um, and I'm staying in the Lower East Side. <clears throat> so I secured the place that I'm staying which was really nice watched uh, The Good Doctor on Disney slept late I think it was like 2 o'clock and the house was really nice and quiet and then today I've been lounging about in bed actually got up made some toast with some really gorgeous apricot jam from Marks and Spencer's cups of tea a little bowl of cereal just now because I'm not all that hungry actually I'll have something later on anyway so I'm here because I wanted to talk about um, a smear campaign I want to talk about um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about the disastrous backfiring of the smear campaign and gang stalking that happened to me and the effects that's had on the abuser and their life and the people around them so the second order was put into place, the non-molestation order that I spoke about yesterday. And he tried all manners of um, trying to apologise, breadcrumbing, future faking, begging, pleading, absolute begging me. And, um, yeah, all that kind of shit that he's done. And then... Um, <clears throat> People who've done things against me uh, that he was friends with, so there was revenge porn, a couple that he knows um, was really bizarre. Uh, and he shared revenge porn with one of those people in that relationship. <laughs> Threats to damage my property. Um, there was... Uh, Bumble accounts set up on Bumble to lure me to locations, WhatsApp groups where these men were chatting to try and like, you know, like send me messages on Bumble. Like, so we'd match, obviously, and I'd send a message and then they would <clears throat> go out of the way to be nasty to me on purpose or collect my telephone number and hand it back to the rapist who abused me. Yeah, that happened and... um I've seen all the evidence of all of that. So, yeah. Um, numerous, numerous things. Like, the Bumble thing was to, like, make me feel like shit, like no one would want me. But the really strange thing about that is, right, so, yeah, I remember that. When I got with a person who raped me, I'd got a really successful blog. I was a published writer and doing all these things right. I was doing okay. Um, and these girls started sending me, like genuine girls started sending me emails 
with photos of themselves and my ex-partner who raped me because I'm going to keep saying it because it upsets him and rightfully so, right? You can't do that. Well, if someone sends me an email, I don't have control over someone who I don't know where they where they're from, if they ever existed. Stop these people sending me emails. And it was like he was like, those girls are really pretty. I could never get those girls. You need to stop this happening. What? You are. I need to stop strangers who are attracted to me online sending me messages how am I meant to do that I was like fuck off you cunt like fuck off I didn't say that I was just like what on earth you know the pathetic anyway oh yeah like so we was in um, the Millennium Gallery in Sheffield and we were there obviously together. I think we'd met there that day. And um, I was looking at something, my ex-partner, through the situationship, because it's not a relationship. It was never a relationship because he abused me from the moment he started talking to me. And um, he might not like that, but he knows that's the truth. And I was just like looking at something. I think I turned around and there was a, there was a really attractive guy and the guy saw me, I saw him, and we kind of was like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> the guy was smiling at me, and I think he was just about to approach me, and my ex-partner kind of walked up. My ex-partner knows that there are many people that are attracted to me. So it kind of defeated any logical point that I would actually need Bumble. I don't need Bumble. But I can be at home and talk to people, so it was just more convenient. Or it is more convenient, however you want to go about it, right? But he knew full well I didn't need Bumble to meet people. But imagine putting yourself in the position that Bumble now have the data of and IP addresses of those accounts. And either an email address, um, logging in with their Facebook and all this kind of stuff so yeah their telephone number email address and possibly their facebook's even if they've deleted their accounts let alone anything else right so that was part of the smear campaign then he got his friends to kind of share my face links to my social media uh, all sorts of stuff. Anyway, so he set up um, this page on Instagram called Mental.Waves. So that's still there, it's deactivated, but he has still got it. And he set Mental Waves up as a way to indirectly put some fear into me. And he had purposely followed people and places that we've been to in the postcode that I live in on purpose like really strategic strategic you know what I mean <laughs> why can't I can normally say that word anyway I don't know so um yeah anyway and I was like okay 
yeah sure he um lied in court and said that i'd set that page up which was hilarious because the second non-mole was put in place because of that page right because he put my photo there was loads of shit on it but the main points were he'd put my photo on there and he put that he was going to get revenge he was going to give me a taste of my own medicine apparently and what he meant by that was in the last podcast where I, where I'd mentioned that he'd set up opened his account and stood himself in a forest pretending to cry where he'd sent me messages he'd gone to the police already and complained about me and then he sent me messages on a an account on Instagram called Know My Place and it wasn't going to work with me because he shouldn't be contacting me right it's illegal and um, he's like you're bribing me I was like you're messaging me on Instagram directly contacting me which means you could land in prison but I'm bribing you to leave me alone because I'd rung 101 and sent a screenshot over but I'm bribing him so he couldn't respect my boundaries and leave me alone but I was bribing him so yeah so my name and my photo and everything was everywhere and he's going around talking about me my name's really unusual it's Sidel so you're going to find me at the top of Google the top of Facebook and all this kind of stuff right Um, it's just how it is I mean I did used to be at the top of Google I don't know whether I am anymore that was because of my blog Um, so that was quite a while ago which I will pick up eventually again. Anyway, so, yeah, he'd said all sorts. He'd try to insinuate things, but because he has no proof and had no proof, he couldn't post. So he could insinuate something, but he couldn't post anything to back it up because he'd got nothing at all. And so that account was set to private because the police went round and spoke to him about my photo being on that account and the account itself. And he'd, he, um, he'd said no comment because he, I think they just wanted to talk to him about it from what I gather or remember. So he'd set it to private and then he started putting these weird emojis like he was doing on his personal account and saying that everyone was going to find out the truth. Well... He had every good opportunity when he had that page. If he had actually got any proof to post it, wouldn't he? But guess what? He's not got any proof. I've got proof that he raped me because he sent me that text message. I've got proof that he physically abused me because there was a witness who saw him physically abuse me and he got a criminal conviction for it. I've got proof that he did everything I've said because he put a written confession on Instagram that he did it all. Including admitting that he told me that he was going to kill me. So when he had that ideal opportunity with mental waves, why did he put no evidence of me doing any of these things that I was accused of? 
Also, if I'd done those things, why didn't we go to the police? Why have I never been spoken to about anything? Apart from fabricated, fake, made-up, photoshopped lies that have all been dismissed. In fact, the police and courts, the magistrate's court, didn't even want to acknowledge it. A court case didn't want to get into it. Judges, the CPS, Marek, the police, anyone with authority that was linked to anything to do with me and him didn't believe him at all because he had no evidence that was actually real to prove I'd done anything. Now, when you get into, when you go from a non-molestation order to uh, an undertaking, it restricts that abuser, the perpetrator, the rapist, the person who attempted to kill me even more. He's not allowed to say my name, online or offline. He's just not allowed to. And the weird emergency was putting on his account. When he was, the police turned up at his house with guns and he had to present himself to the police station the next day because he apparently wasn't home. He was told and spoken to about those emerges because every time he was going to ring the police on me, he'd put a weird emoji on his account. And then lo and behold, he'd phone the police or go to the police station with fake evidence. And how do I know that? Well, when you make a report and you're in a situation like I am, you get to speak to DAP. And they said that there was a pattern of, I would call and say that there was an emergency and that he would ring the police. That that was a pattern that they were seeing. Because I obviously rang, you know, the first time I rang, it would have sounded absolutely bonkers, right? And I get that. And I even said, I was like, look, this is going to sound crazy and I understand the the thought process behind that. But, you know, this person has cycles of abusive behaviour towards me and this is one of them and it will, you know, it will continue. And, the, and they was a little bit dubious and I get that. And then all of a sudden he was doing it, his sister was doing it, his friends were doing it. His friends, you know, these people who say they're his friends... They all used to have open accounts, you know, and he'd be, this person would be in the photos and they were doing stuff. And all of a sudden, these people who tried to land me in trouble with the police all set their accounts to private. There's a couple that haven't, but they don't update it. It's just there. Their Facebooks, their Instagram and all the rest of it all completely set to private. Now, if you've not done anything wrong and you are proud to be hanging out with this rapist who beats up women and stalks women and grooms women, if you were happy to be friends with that person, you'd have open accounts. 
you'll be squirrelling away. If you hadn't fucked who was my partner or whatever they say at the time when you've got a boyfriend, you wouldn't be squirrelling away your all your social media, would you? Because that's what you did, isn't it? You're probably still fucking him now and looking at your boyfriend. So, yeah, you know, miraculously, they all, everyone who would, like, put my name out there, encourage people to do shit to me, gang stalk me, gang abuse me, um, and let me get this straight, this person who who raped me was playing us all off against each other, but these people are slightly even intelligent enough to understand they were being used in a really big, really serious game against them, so he could try and manipulate me and emotionally abuse me and coerce me into doing things that I didn't want to do. Well, he was met with no all the time, so it hurt. Um, yeah, so that account completely backfired on him and I brought that up uh, at the second non-molestation order and that's why the second non-mol got put in place because the judge believed um, that he'd got earned that account, that he'd set it up. It was of his making and he was using that account to try and intimidate me, um, to isolate me from people who I knew to isolate me from making money of any kind in the future once I get back into work and to try and have control over me and my life still and that's coercive, that's manipulative, it's premeditated Um. anyway so when it came to the third non-molestation order and he was trying to contest it he lied and said that he'd not set that account up so what was amazing i completely forgot to mention that when the undertaking was put in place i'd mentioned it the account um my ex-partner tried to deny that he'd set it up and that i had so i kind of obviously said you know the second non-more was put in place because he'd set that account up and it's being acknowledged that it's his account and i was and i said to the judge in the third non-more hearing that account still exists it's just deactivated um and I don't want that account reopening. And the judge agreed, you know, that that account shouldn't be reopened, reactivated or used in any way. So he's not allowed to reopen mental waves. He's got it. It's still there. Um, but it, And he did reactivate it briefly after that um, undertaking um, and then deactivated it. And you can tell when someone's got a deactivated account, and you're, you, you're still linked to that account. I'm not going to get into the details of how, but I know, and I am, <clears throat> from a very, very long time ago. Um, anyway, so if they've reactivated it and deactivated it, the profile picture will be black. Like, it'll uh, like um, I think it's like a black line that runs through it or something. Uh, I can't remember, but you definitely know when it's been reactivated and deactivated. And he did that, like, as a little game. But uh, he can't reopen it. The judge understood and listened to everything that I had to say, and I was like, you know, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, because I said, oh, look, this targets, um, he's targeted and liking pages of people that I used to do business with, and that eventually I will go back 
will go back to doing business with and friends who've got businesses and all sorts of stuff. It was all really, really underhand and weird. And the judge was like, right, um, Mr. So-and-so, you're not to reopen that page at Mental Waves ever again, you know, and if you do, there's going to be certain sort of consequences. Uh, and I was ecstatic. So, ironically, this um, smear campaign that he hoped would destroy me, would frighten me, isolate me, alienate me, manipulate me, all turned against him. So, because my name's unusual, anyone can come looking for me and he's like, this has destroyed me, the chances of meeting anyone. No, dickhead, you're raping me. You're beating me up and admitting it. You're raping me and sending me a text message admitting that you raped me has destroyed the chances of you meeting anyone. And him, if he uses my name in the future, he goes, I have this really bad relationship. And her name's Sadelle. They're going to be able to come look at me and find out exactly what you did. It's a, it, For me, it's like absolute... It's amazing. But for him, he thought he was just going to be able to carry on this page forever and destroy me. This ruins my good reputation. He didn't have a good reputation. At all. Not one bit. Did he have a good reputation? He had a terrible reputation. Girls won't go anywhere near him. I was the first girl that he went out with and he was nearly 30. Because girls wanted nothing to do with him. They'd clearly seen more signs than I did. I wanted nothing to do with him. So he trapped himself in a massive corner with this undertaking, with contesting a two-year order against him. He's literally lost any rights to me. Ever again. It's great, isn't it?